0: Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Melissa Hughes. You are a triathlete based down in Tasmania, and you had a really good result in the Noosa Triathlon swim shaving off five minutes from your overall time from 29 minutes down to 24 which is a an impressive jump in in pace so i wanted to get you on to talk about what you've done to see such a significant improvement and just to talk about a, a couple other things as well particularly what you've been through to be able to get to that point in your triathlon over the last couple of years so melissa welcome to the podcast
1: thanks brenton it's lovely to be here
0: so about a month and a half ago the Nusa triathlon was held and you had to swim 24 minutes which is a, a five minute improvement what was your reaction when you hit that time? And you came out of the water and had a look at your watch. How did you know? I
1: was <laughs> running up the beach and I looked down and went, "I can't believe it! That is awesome!" And I thought, "If that's all I do today, I'm stoked." You know, still have the
0: bike ride and the run <laughs> to do. Still got to finish it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't believe it, and I thought, oh, "Must have been current assisted," but no, I just I've been working really hard on my technique, particularly since your last clinic and it's paid
0: off. What were some of those things that you'd been working on?
1: Well, a little bit of history. I was taught to swim by my dad in a very small pool, 10 meter pool, not heated in Tasmania. (laughs) And I thought I was a pretty good swimmer until I joined a master swimming club about five years ago and realized I had so much technique I didn't know and lots of bad technique to unlearn. So it's been a bit of a process since then. And you've probably heard this before. I swam like a runner, really fast technique, and I had no idea what I was meant to be doing under water. And so someone said, oh, it's all about the catch. What does this mean? And it wasn't until you broke it down, people had tried to explain it to me into that YMCA drill. I'm like, oh, that's what I meant to be doing. And, you know, that whole swimming slower to get faster is hard to do, but it was really worth it. And someone else had said to me, oh, the good thing about swimming in a pool is you can see where your arms are going. And I thought, I can't see my arms. Where are my arms? And you know, I was scraping the side <laughs> of the pool, not the bottom of the pool. And you know, there was no power diamond and it's made
0: a real difference. So you, I looked back at your video this morning, actually, just to sort of see what it was like. And yeah, the arms were quite wide, quite far away from the body. So that you're missing quite a bit of that connection with the catch and the pull with the rest of your body is that something that you're able to feel a difference with and change quickly or did that take time
1: yeah i had to work at it and you told me i'd have to work at it that it would take some time for those drills to to actually result in it coming naturally when you're swimming and not thinking about doing a drill and the wide arm finger drag was really good too because previously i could not do finger drag i hated that drill and and I, you know, slowing down and doing that, it's, it's really helped with my arm position and, and straightening everything out. But yes, it, you really do have to practice your drills regularly and, um, and be persistent. And, and then all of a sudden it just clicked and I was doing it. And I do feel connected to the water and gliding through, not all the time, but I tend to lose a bit of technique if I try to sprint, but I guess that will come.
0: And over the, the water with the recovery looking at that at the video it was again fairly wide and I guess I'd say it's kind of swing, it was swinging around a bit too much and the elbow was pointing behind you more than pointing up so when you I guess brought the had the elbow pointing up a bit more hand maybe a little closer to the body is that what helped you be able to drag the fingertips
1: yes yes and I think you also mentioned that I was overcorrecting so I was trying to do that big long catch and so my arm was coming out of the water way too late to get relaxed. Everyone said to you, oh, I should be relaxed in recovery. Like, how? How do you do that? And and when you shortened it a little bit, which meant I could reach furthermore, made a huge difference.
0: And with your training leading up to the, the Art and Triathlon, how many swim sessions a week were you doing and what kind of distance were you doing?
1: Three to four and usually a minimum of 2K up to two and a half. 2.6 doing a little bit more now but yeah and, and a lot of speed work so not not just constant speed uh, people have told me that's a mistake triathletes made they just go in the pool and they swim up and down up and down up and down and don't vary pace so that's another thing that really helped me in the race because we practiced sprinting, slowing down, sprinting, slowing down. I knew that when people were in front of me I could pick up my pace to get past them and then drop back down into a comfortable level. So just having the confidence to know that you can do that really helped.
0: Mm. And how did you work in the drills or the technique work in those sessions?
1: I swim with the club, which is great. It's great camaraderie and competition. And some of those sessions include drills at the start. But because we start at 6am and the pool opens at 6am, well, I'd like to get there earlier to do my drills first. That doesn't often happen. So sometimes I'll work them in at the end as well. Pardon, cool
0: down. And was there a, a period of time where it felt uncoordinated for you as you were making the changes or did it yeah. feel better? It did. It, so it didn't feel better straight away?
1: Some parts, yes. The wide arm finger drag just worked well for my body rather than the narrower arm. You suggested that I do that one. That one, oh, that feels better. The, the YMCA doing that really slowly took me a long time to to get that smooth, but it was worth it, yeah. Because there's a there's a lot going on yeah. in terms of the reach, the catch, the pull, and the the exit. To think about all that, who knew you had to think about so much when you were swimming? Yeah.
0: yeah. And that for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what the YMCA drill is, just look it up on on YouTube. I've got a video of it up up mm-hmm. there. Just look up YMCA drill, effortless swimming, and it's and there's the three drills in that that sequence that made up a couple of years ago, because when I was working with people like yourself who want yeah they, you, you kind of know what the catch and the pull is. You have a rough idea of like, okay, I know it's this part of the stroke, but where should I be through the different parts of it? The drills that we were doing, which I, can be really beneficial, but the, I find it it just didn't quite sort of tick all the boxes with breaking it down simply enough. So the YMCA drills just pass through the four positions that I see all the really good freestylers, moving through. And I've analyzed thousands and thousands of swimmers over my time as a, as a coach and all the really good swimmers were moving through these, these four positions, which is the start of the catch. When you just go to begin you got your high elbow position, your, your power diamond, which is when your hands are underneath the shoulders and your elbows are out to the side. And if you had both arms there, it looks like a diamond from the, from the front. And then you've obviously got the exit, which is when the hand presses back just past there the hip and they're kind of they're they're funny drills they're a little bit awkward it's much better to do with fins on and and a snorkel i think it's so much easier probably feel like you're going to drown if you go through some of them without that equipment but uh even though they're a little they take a bit of time to learn and do right i think it's worth the time investment for for most people because then it starts to make it more automatic where you don't have to think about every little movement that you're you're making was that the experience that you had going through the YMCA drills where you're really thinking hard, it's lots of concentration. But then it was able to just become part of your subconscious.
1: Yes. So learning them at the clinic, I'll give you a little plug. You're really good at explaining it and breaking it down. So having that base, I could then take it away and practice on my own. But yeah, it when you're doing them on your own in the pool, you feel sure like an idiot. But it it worked. <laughs> it worked. And every now and then I thought, oh, that's not right, or I'm. Um, rushing to it too fast break it down and just focus on one thing and yeah it's like any new habit it takes a while for it to really consolidate and for it to run smoothly and you have the added benefit of seeing the village people the whole time you're doing
0: it yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right and the other benefit too is you'll be able to spot another person who's either done a clinic or or done like one of our programs is yeah there's no one else doing a YMCA drill who hasn't been through one of our things so you'll have an instant friend at the pool if you see someone else doing it so yeah. that's that's the other upside and, and one of the things you, you mentioned was the confidence that you had in the race. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit about what that confidence, where that confidence came from and how that was different to how you were previously in some other triathlons before that. Well,
1: it's interesting because a couple of years ago I had my first panic attack in the water and, you know, I was usually, I care about going out deep, you know, Tasmania, the water is cold. So <laughs> that. Shouldn't have been a surprise, but I'm thinking about why I, I just lost my breath and I couldn't get it back. So breast stroking, and people are going past me. some more stress because I'm slowing down. I, I pushed on, but that was a real heads up to me. Like how do I fix that? And so it, I had to train harder in the pool. So when I was in race conditions, it wasn't a surprise. So you're used to performing under a bit of stress and talk to other people about you know going from a lot of the pool swimming into the ocean is how to enter the water calmly and you know the importance of getting wet before the race and warming up properly so all those little learnings just added up to to build my confidence so I swam at Noosa Well, my first Noosa race was in 2019 and the water was horrible there was a really strong current so they had to change the course so you could only swim in one direction and you had to run back up the beach mm-hmm. and I survived that. So that helped as well because then you think, okay, well, if I could swim in that, not very fast, but that really helped. I know I've done that before, so it's like that again. I can get through it. My swimming's better now. Practicing, running in, running out. What happens if your goggles come off? How to stop that? All
0: those little things helped with confidence. I think that's such an important point is that when you do something that's challenging outside of your comfort zone and you you get it done you've got that memory there to draw from so you're like all right I'm back in this situation or maybe something that's even a little bit more challenging than where I was previously you you've just got that confidence there knowing that you can first of all do it and knowing what to expect as well and the more races you do the more experience you get in the yeah. open water you just build that that confidence and then you can get to that point where you're able to relax and enjoy the the process, and even enjoy it if the conditions are horrible. If it's you yeah. know big waves, if it's choppy, if the wind's howling in your face, you can you can have some sense of comfort and enjoyment out there. Whereas first time, if you've never been in the open water and that's the, your first experience, it's probably going to be terrifying. But there, you can have either either response, and I think it comes with with the experience of being out there, but also just knowing what to to do in those situations. And it sounds as though you were able to do that maybe with the help of coach or mm. other swimmers and, and be able to develop those skills.
1: A couple of open water clinics really helped. And another, I'm not sure if it's a confidence thing or a mindset thing, often in open water, you get stuck behind a swimmer who's slow or someone's kicking and you can't get around them. And that sometimes that's made me angry. And if you're angry, you tighten up and you don't swim as well. Whereas this time I, I just thought, oh, here we go again. And as I said before, I could swim past them, You, I could settle down and go on again. But um, that is an issue with self selection of your speed. Races like Nusa. If you're breaststroking, you should not go out in zone one. That's just an aside.
0: <laughs> but I like the way you your it. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. But when you're talking about the the Noosa swim in the in the messages, you said I got to I got to overtake all the heroes, all the people who went yeah. out in zone one when they shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, and that that maybe helped because I think look at me passing these people, and it just helps you keep keep going. That it just felt really good. And it was nice. I could actually compare the times between this year's Noosa and last year's because the course was the same and the conditions were the same. We're really lucky. It, it was calm. So, yeah, it was twenty four forty nine, so just under 25. That's pretty good. I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, I reckon. And for anyone listening who doesn't know about the Noosa triathlon, that's an Olympic distance race, mm-hmm. so 1,500 metre swim. Mm-hmm. Now, it's only been a couple of years where you've actually been able to build up your training to a to a level, well, actually to be able to train really, because 13 years ago, you said you had were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and that left, left you on the couch basically for for several years there. And it's only been the last couple of years where you've actually been able to get out and, and do triathlon. Can you talk to me a little bit about, about what happened 13 years ago? This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Form Goggles. They're more than a pair of goggles, meet the world's most powerful swim platform. See yourself improve with Form Smart Swim Goggles, including a free one-year membership, when you purchase your goggles for only 228 US dollars. Now they've currently changed up their offer, where you can now get the goggles, and you have that one-year membership included for free. And then, if you'd like to continue with the membership going forwards it's only 15 us dollars a month where you get access to their workouts training plans and their custom workout builder but you'll always have access to the real-time data of the goggles so you'll never lose access to that so if you'd like to swim without stopping to look at a pace clock or your watch and get live metrics right inside your goggles including your time distance pace they are right there in your goggles with form goggles. I've used these for over 12 months now and I'm a huge fan of these goggles and use them for a majority of my sessions and find them very helpful, especially for gauging my time, my effort and my pace. And I think it's a very helpful tool for the majority of swimmers that I would normally work with. To get your pair of form goggles and save 15% off, use our link formswim.com forward slash effortless or use the coupon effortless at checkout. And that will get you 15% off your pair of form goggles using our special link formswim.com forward slash effortless or use the coupon code effortless at checkout.
1: Sure. I just after baby numbers three, I woke up what it was almost overnight. I woke up with swollen joints and pain, swelling, and there was symptom people don't know about arthritis is fatigue. I'm very tired. And I was pretty sure I knew what it was because my mother has it. I thought I'd escaped it because she got it when she was 19. I was a bit older. So I was put on three immunosuppressive drugs. One of those is a cancer chemotherapy, and it made me very sick, very tired, and I just couldn't move. And having been fit, had a reasonable level of fitness before then, it was very frustrating. And after five years, the good thing was I haven't got any joint damage because I went on those drugs early. I got a second opinion and I'm now on a once weekly injection that I give myself and it changed my life. So after weaning off those other drugs, which did take some time, anyone that's been on prednisolone knows it took me eight months to get off five milligrams of prednisolone because your body just becomes so used to it. Mm. I had that if you're not in pain anymore and you've got a clarity, mental clarity. So I changed sort of my career strategy. So I could think about that and I could also finally verbalize and be confident that I want to try a triathlon. And, you know, I thought I was a reasonable swimmer and we've talked about that, you know, had to learn how to ride a bike, could always run and have been able to train to improve for about five years now. And I mentioned before I spoke to my rheumatologist and I'd always held back a bit in a race because I thought if I'd push myself like some people and collapse over the line that I'd cause a flare-up of my arthritis. And he said, look, you're really well controlled. Next time, give it a go. So in Noosa, I gave it a go and was really happy with the result. I got a PB, 14-minute PB overall, and just made the leaderboard in my age group, (laughs) 15. So I guess the message is that it's possible. You know, to it, I'm quite determined and it's about continuity for me and consistency. Don't necessarily want to PB every time I race just to be able to keep moving. So to have these little wins is is
0: lovely. Oh, I can imagine after after going through that. You mentioned that when you're able to wean off the alone that you were able to verbalize that you wanted to do a triathlon. Is it something that you had been thinking about for a while?
1: Yes. Yes. Probably 20 years. Yeah. I had a friend who'd done it when I guess we were in our 20s. I thought, oh, that'd be cool. But I just, you know, a lot of people perceive barriers to entering triathlon. You have to be really fit. You have to have all the gear and just... Being in a position, where, and that's not the case, and I'm saying that with my president of triathlon Tasmania hat on, <laughs> that's not the case. You can start, and it's a really welcoming community. And and as I've done, slowly improve, and you know people are very willing to share advice and help, and have swim clinics, have open water swim clinics, have cycle skills classes, learning how to change a tire. It's yeah, you know, I've gone off track there. Sorry.
0: No, that's it's it's definitely one of the most welcoming communities i think Mm -hmm. like because so many people well everyone pretty much gets into it with no experience yeah maybe they've got experience in one or two of the the legs but it's it's a very welcoming community and there's so many teams out there so many coaches who are willing to work with people who who are coming from from no experience so that's why i think it's such a an inclusive sport and and why so many people find a lot of enjoyment from it And uh, I mean, I'm sure you'd see that with your role as as president of Tasmanian Triathlon.
1: And I guess the other thing too is I wasn't sure if my body would hold up to three different disciplines. So it can be a lot of training that a health practitioner said to me, it's actually better than just running all the time or just cycling all the time or just swimming all the time. Because you give, you know, you get a bit of variation in in the muscle work you do. So she was right.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, and so now, what your where you're at in terms of your health? Are you you're confident that you can just continue the training and you can push in those triathlons without doing any long term damage or putting yourself out for a couple of months now?
1: Yes, at the current level, but I'm going to attempt my first 70.3 in Hobart in February, so my training load's increasing nice and slowly, so it's it's doable at the moment. So I'll be pretty chuffed when I cross that finish line.
0: Yeah. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? The first half Ironman down in Tasmania. I know there's quite a few from... Victoria who are, who are going to that with a new course and a new half Ironman in Australia which is which is very exciting so yeah. and you won't have to travel too far at all just a short two three hour drive up to, yeah. uh, to Hobart so that's a very exciting. long
1: trip for a Tasmanian I can tell you it's an <laughs> overnight stay so
0: yes depending on roadworks
1: it can be two or three hours but yeah it'll be fantastic atmosphere and so all the training group training together so being part of that and building towards it's very exciting and so the swimming distance has got to get a bit longer
0: Mm. and and what are you what are you working towards or focusing on with your swimming now with where you're currently at
1: well i'd really like to be able to hold one minute 30 pace per 100 for a bit longer than a couple of hundreds but Building in speed is probably quite, not quite right at the moment. If I'm building endurance, but so there's there's two goals there, I guess. I did write this down because I knew you were going to ask me that. Hmm. Um, and my coach did say that on New Year's Day, and this is the sort of <laughs> psyche of triathletes. Let's do a hundred hundreds. I just thought, mm, no, I don't think so. It's a, such a shame I'm into state. And she teased me and said, there are pools there, you know. Um, <laughs> That's 10Ks. I've never swum. I've never swum more than, you know, three and a bit. So I don't know if I'll be doing that New Year's Day, but, you know, building to be able to do that sort of thing, having that level of fitness would be something I'd like to do, but I'd like to hit the 130 pace first.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, look, if you're in Victoria on Christmas Eve, I think that's when we're looking to do our our 100s So oh, no excuse if you're, at, if you're in Victoria. At, at that time but yeah it's a good I, I know a lot of squads do it around like new year's or yeah. you know week before christmas i like doing it day or christmas eve because then you've just got the debauchery of the next couple of days <laughs> and you don't feel too guilty so it's yeah it's a good thing to to do and you might surprise yourself too like if you take enough rest after we'd normally take a break after every 30 take a few minutes have some food and then get back into it and if you mix okay. it up with some fins do a bit of pool boy and paddles just doesn't have to be hard oh, okay. it's just yeah yeah, just mixing it up, I think, is a is a good way to do it because we'd normally do the first ten with fins on, and then we'd do a mix of uh, yeah, mix of swim, pool boy, pool boy paddles, sometimes some other strokes. Just just depends. So yeah, you can do it. It's where I'm. It's okay. where I'm leading. <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting going back to learning new skills. The first time I started swimming with a pool boy, it was so hard because I didn't have all that underwater technique happening. I was a kicker and I still am slower in a wetsuit. I've got to work on that because it takes away your kick a bit. And I'm very proud of myself this morning. I did six 200s with paddles, pool boy and band and a snorkel, all the gear this morning. So for my shoulders to be able to cope with that is amazing.
0: Mm. That's excellent because you, I think before the call, you mentioned that you had some pain through the front of the shoulders and you thought it might have been the arthritis, but then you came to realise that it might have been from being so wide under yes. the water.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly right. And I was doing backstroke this morning because someone finally told me what to do with my arms and backstroke under the water. And i oh, I'm quicker and it doesn't hurt. So it's, you know, just being prepared to ask those questions because when you're swimming, you can't see yourself. So that was the value of you doing the video formula. Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. I can see it now. And I mentioned before we got on the call that someone had said to me, "The good thing about swimming in a pool is that you can see where your arms go." And I thought, oh, I can't see my arms. Where are they? And and you know, just people giving you that feedback makes you think about what am I doing with them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of your peripherals, when they're, when yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Melissa, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast, and it's mm-hmm. been great to hear what a, an amazing result you've had over the last Thank couple you. of months. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you go in February with the Half Ironman.
1: Thanks, Brenton. Great to chat.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.